Grand Risings, beautiful soul, and welcome to Be the Phoenix podcast, Soul Rise Talk. Here I will do daily meditations, affirmations, channeled guidance to give you that support, that encouragement, and that proper divine guidance to help align to your heart's desires, your truest heart's desires, and help align you to your divine, authentic truth. This is a safe space of peace, love, unity, and respect. So be open to the guidance, feel that divine love within your heart, and let us rise. Grand Risings, everyone, and welcome to Be the Phoenix Podcast, Soul Rise Talk. I am Brittany Phoenix, and I am live for you on this special evening of the Queendom Rebirth. And in this series, I have the honor and the privilege of our special guest. Uh, She is a dear sister of mine and what I think the definition of unique originality, individuality, and divine soul feminine essence. Clara Moon. Hello, Grand Risings. Good evening, Clara. You look so beautiful this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? How are you feeling? How are you doing? I just feel really honored to be here. And um, yeah, I'm sipping some cacao. So I'm starting to sink into that heart coherence space. Uh, I, I'm just really thrilled um, for this opportunity, um, just to shine light onto your audience. Like, I guess, like how my, about my journey and perhaps it can help, you know, inspire them on theirs. So yeah, absolutely. just so grateful for the platform. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, everyone. She is a design doula, a photographer, priestess, a vision storyteller, and I am just so, so honored and so, so grateful and so excited for you to share just more in depth of who Claire Moon is, who is she? Because obviously I know who you are. I know a bit of who you are, but our listeners, our divine listeners, we want, they want to know who you are, who is Clara Moon? So with that being said, and we can go like right into it, why not? And of course, like this tonight, the theme is the power of uniqueness and the importance of why being different is actually your superpower. So again, um, Clara Moon, I guess we can just start it off with that is who is Clara Moon? How, How did you emerge into this Clara Moon truth of yours? Ooh, well, the simple answer is I'm a creatrix. Um, I'm a creator. And um, I've always been in this creation mode since since my childhood. Um, I'm very eager to get my hands on as many different materials and things to channel my creativity. So it like, 
depending on what era or season I am in, <laughs> the creativity will be expressed different ways. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, when I was a kid, um, I loved to dig up the the red clay um, where I where I was from, like in the creek, I would dig out the red clay and like mold it with my hands and sculpt it into little sculptures besides the green. <laughs> Just anything I get my hands on, honestly. Um, but now um, my creativity, I, I see it going more towards um, a lot of like community projects and also helping other entrepreneurs birth their businesses through like my conscious creation um, design work. So over the years, I've shifted my business more so in helping um, people conceptualize what it is their like Dharma is and how to connect to like what it is and who is their audience, who are who is their person and how um, can I use like, for example, a platform of like a business to serve this mission or something like that. So you can figure out what your niche is in the world, like that thing that you like see the lack in, that's where you're called to serve. And that's why I like get a little, like people who complain about like, oh, this person isn't doing this, right? Like, I'm like, well, honey, that's where, that's where you're called to show up. You know what I mean? And if and if you're not going to show up, then maybe delegate someone else who would be thrilled to show up. So coming back to your second question, like, how did I come into that? I just feel like I'm an old soul and that like being born, I always kind of knew I had a lot to do in this lifetime. I was always feeling like different not like other people a lot more mature and like seeing life from like a way broader lens i'm very much a dream walker and a peacemaker and a change maker <laughs> and a creator and in these senses it's like the old like systems and things like that that we see like that were built when we were born my question coming into this life was well why mommy like why is it like that it doesn't seem very efficient you know <laughs> it doesn't seem like it really benefits everyone to have it that way um so all in all I think my life pur purpose is so much wrapped around beauty um creating more beauty in the world um and that is also like beautiful containers, beautiful experiences, beautiful art, um, beautiful conversations, stories. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Does that answer your initial question? <laughs> yeah. And it just goes, it segues right into how I met you, um, which is just like, as you were describing what your vision was with helping just create people's dharmic like their dharma 
and um, launching themselves and their purpose. And really, um, the how I met you was booking you for my photo shoot for Be the Phoenix. And so all the beautiful pictures that you see on my page, on my website, that is all from the Clara Moon herself, all done. And um, I just, I, there was something that just, well, first of all, soul dance, thank God for soul dance and that community. Like you have been just such a gift, not only to myself, but so many beautiful individuals in that community itself. And that being said, when I saw your post on the soul dance page, I was like, oh my goodness, something just, my heart was like, I need to book with this woman. Like just your, the way that you advertise everything and just your presence, um, your look. I was like, first of all, she's also not from this world. Um, she's not from this time. Um, she's giving me like goddess, like, um, soul siren because I identify as like a soul siren, like from like beyond Lumeria, like realms okay like like you are the like oh my goodness and so like the definition of like basically everything that I was resonant with just personally on my journey so um yeah it was just such a treat to work with you and you created such a beautiful like to this day I will never ever forget that photo shoot um and the burning ritual and the fire dance that we did and you just made me feel so safe, um, so comfortable being in my own skin. And you really sat down with me and just, we went through my vision and where I saw myself and just be the Phoenix. And um, it was just so empowering. And uh, again, just the, the way you were able to hold that container for me was an incredible experience that I will never, ever forget. Um, so Again, thank you for that. And yeah, just going right into it, like you are the um, ethereal, like divine being essence uh, that just radiates. And again, that is why I was so drawn to you. And um, and I again, with being drawn to you and also your multiple gifts that you that you have. So obviously you're a photographer. Um, you do artwork. Um, you also create leather accessories. Like you do so many beautiful things. And these aren't just like mediocre, shit, like shit. Like this is like beyond amazing shit that you do. Like there's like, you are a absolute triple quadruple spiritual goddess threat. Like, <laughs> um, and I love it. And it just gives so much inspiration, so much influence and empowerment for individuals like myself, who are stepping into their originality, who is stepping into their dharma, who is like, yes, I am choosing self. I'm choosing my uniqueness and my inner voice. Um, so with that being said, with like stepping into your truth and into your sacred gifts, like, were you always an artist, like as a kid, like, when did you tap into basically all the different things that you do? Mm. Yeah, it's funny when you say that, like goddess, like, I feel like I'm part goddess, part gangster, because I grew up in Atlanta. And so there's like this little bit of like, like this African hood woman in there, like, that's always going to be a part of me and like <laughs> maybe I like had a past life in Africa but I feel that I was born 
in Atlanta and Decatur, Georgia, actually, for a reason, which is like a really predominantly international, um, like diverse city in the South, in the deep South of the United States. So um, it's a really interesting place to be born. And I think that just being born there, was just like having, I was exposed to a lot of cultures really early on, lots of different languages, like, um, and I think that that had a big influence in, in molding me as well. Um, I was always like, I don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't creating. Like if I look back to, even when I was before kindergarten, like pre before pre-K, I was really obsessed with handwriting mm. and I really wanted to practice my cursive. Like it was like in my brain that I was, I wanted to practice my cursive like my mommy and like get and write my name. That was really important to me as like a really young soul, like three, four years old, way beyond anyone else my age was like, this was what I was curious about. Um, I think elementary school into elementary school was like more so like um, just very curious, very creative. Like I asked a lot of questions. Um, I was more on the shy side growing up. And so um, my, my, way of expressing myself was a little bit more subtle and um it wasn't until I got to like middle school and started going through puberty and things like that that I really felt very different um that's when I started getting noticed a little bit more for my creativity I think I had like a teacher in middle school that was like telling my mom like you know your daughter is really talented. She should really do something with this art that she's really talented in. And my mom was like, okay. And like, so her way of exposing me to the arts was we would go to the High Museum, which is like a high end art museum, contemporary, they have contemporary and like modern. And, but they also have like traditional and like European and American and like African art from all around the world um, in downtown Atlanta. So we would take these little like trips, like where we got, she took me out of school to go to the High Museum. And those were some of my favorite little mother-daughter outings. Um, and I just remember being really inspired by all of the different um, masters of like painting and um, was really into like the impressionistic period. For some reason, I went to like a classical like school, like middle school. So they pushed that, the classic literature and the classic art really hard. And I really loved the impressionistic, like the pointillism and like the strokes. Um, and there's this famous, a picture of like Monet that um, he painted of a woman, like 
like she's in Paris. She's like very romantic. She's holding a parasol and she's like walking down this hill and it's just very whimsical and very sweet, right? I loved this photograph. I loved this painting, but I wanted to do my own rendition of it. And I thought it would be a great idea to give this painting as a gift to my grandma for uh, for Christmas that year. So I worked really hard on this painting, like really hard. I mean, you have to understand I'm like sixth grade. This is not a very good painting. This is actually like a really horrible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I poured my soul into this painting. And I remember going to like, my mom really saw like the energy that I put into it. And she took it to the store to get it properly matted and framed, which is very expensive to prepare this as like a Christmas gift. Um, so we fly this special painting out to Kansas to, um, to our family holiday. And I remember my grandmother unwrapping the gift and, um, she did not like the painting and she said this is the only thing that she said um this doesn't match my house and she set the painting aside and um that was my first time ever um being rejected like really hard my art being rejected wow. like intensely by a family member yeah and that hurt my that hurt my heart so much like so much it hurt that um my mom kind of got into a big argument with my grandma about the meaning of the painting and and like how much love I poured into it and why can't she accept this gift and like why is she not grateful to receive this well anyways ended up being that um we flew back home with the painting and when we get back home, my mom hangs this painting up in her bedroom. And then she held on to this one painting of mine, this awful rendition of Monet. <laughs> it's in her bedroom for the longest time. And it was a really sore spot, like in, in my relationship with my grandmother, because um, I felt really misunderstood and that was really like it kind of put me in a dark place for the first time as like a child not really understanding why why I wouldn't be accepted in that way um so yeah it's hard it's hard to get critiqued right it's so brutally Absolutely. Um, <laughs> especially from your family, like, and like when you spend, gosh, cause I literally was about to ask you, like, how did that sit with you? That probably didn't sit well, like that first time of rejection, especially from someone close, someone that you really would like invested your time into doing that for, you know, that you cared for that's, that's a lot. It's hard. And it, what's wild is like those moments in our childhood, they, they surface up as we are now. And, and in some of our fears and like fears of being seen and um, sharing our gifts with people. So I'm so glad to hear though, that your mom took the painting though, and she 
hung it up and was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to support her and I'm going to, you know, and that probably did touch your heart a bit, um, with her reassuring you with like, you know, you're, it's okay. You're, you're seen and you're supported and you're loved, you know? Um, and when you just described your cursive, um, as a kid, like as a younger kid and really like just doodling with that. I love your handwriting, first of all, and like what you, how you, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. So as you're describing and just sharing this, I'm like, I can see how much it's just evolved to today. And just thank you for sharing. I know that's, I know that it it is, it does hurt when your family doesn't fully accept you because that's your lineage. That's where you come from. And you just want to be seen. You just want to be heard. Um, but no, thank you for sharing that. I know a lot of people can resonate with with things like that, especially from family and people that they love um, when they're, they're they know that that's what their soul calling is. And that's like the the heart that we have at, at that inner child is what we need. Um, we need to continue to listen to that little girl. Um, especially in the moments and in the journey of healing and be like, okay, where, how is B feeling today? Or how is Clara feeling today? And those types of moments, but know like you are such a divine gift, Clara. You are so divine. You are so divine. And I know your mom knew that. So even if it was a horrible painting of Monet, like the fact of what you can create now. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I could say the same when I first started singing, like it wasn't my greatest back in the day, but I'm like, Hey, like, you know, we had to evolve over time. We had to, it had to start from somewhere, right? It has to start from somewhere. So, um, wow. So that's again, basically, and just as you gotten older, you just kept with the painting and you just kept going and, that was basically it for you. So you've pretty much known from a very young age of like where your heart was. Is Am I hearing that right? Basically. Okay. Yeah, I would say so because I always knew that I was supposed to be a writer and an artist, like since kindergarten, it was like very obvious. I told everyone that when I grow up, this is what I'm going to be. Like I knew, I came in knowing, knowing came in knowing not everyone has that inner knowing right away. I think I'm very lucky or not like to have that download hit me so young in life, but I had different hurdles through my adolescence because I was told so many different stories. Um, you know, you I mean that you can't make it as an artist, you can't be successful, the starving artist story and all of those things like um, it's just a hobby, like it's not a profession, go get a real job, like all of these things, go do something more practical, like all of these things were told to me also simultaneously as they were as like telling me, like the world was telling me, go get a real job, go like be productive, like have a realistic job in the world that does, but like, then there's like the soul calling of like, you know, I mean, I know I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm, I've been created to create. Mm. So 
Mm -hmm. um, finding how to like bridge that gap of like, how can I serve the planet, but also still be in alignment with, with who I am in the creator. And I think that that evolution of like narrowing that gap in is the, the journey really, that is the, the artistic journey, the hero's journey, the heroine's journey. Um, we have these dreams, we have these ideals of, of what we feel called towards. And then we have the reality of how our lives are actually lived out. And, you know, the wider the gap, sometimes the more dissatisfied you can feel, right? The more you yearn, the more you feel that like, the more the calling hurts more, like there's more anxiety and the calling and the yearning hurts more. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can totally relate to that. It was, you already know, like the, 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 I was like, yo, I am getting, it was just such a hard, especially being a mom too. It was like having to fit of what society was telling me to do and what my heart was really telling me what to do at the same time. And it was having to come together and, and take that, keep like that belief in self too, just that perseverance uh, and not shaming that inner voice because, you know, there was a lot of times too, where I'd be like, oh, you can't do this right now, or oh, it's not in the cards for you, B, maybe not in this lifetime anymore. And um, over time, it became like, I was disservicing and just dishonoring myself. And as you said, like you were, it was like hurting the soul that it just made the soul yearn for it even more. Like the calling became even greater. It became even stronger to the point where it was like, okay, I may have to take a step back and go inward for a moment or two or three or even a few more moments and just have a kumbaya with myself and know that this isn't it. This isn't my truth anymore. This isn't, this isn't for me. This isn't B. And for you, it's like, this isn't Clara. Like this isn't, this isn't, this isn't for me. Um, and I just love that you kept that going. I just really do. I really, I love the fact that you just kept strong with your heart and your soul and you listened to your inner voice and you kept going. Um, now, with the artwork and everything that you do now. So like, is that obviously since you started at a young age, it, would that be like your soul's calling out of all like the unique gifts that you do is artwork it for you? Is that your thing or is it something else? Gosh, Brittany, that's such a tough question. I know. Um, <laughs> Cause you do a lot <laughs> of beautiful things. That's why I'm like, and I thought about this question. I'm like, I don't know if she'll like, but it's okay if you have more than one love, because honestly, all your gifts kind of co-sync, like they all come together in a beautiful way um, of your expression. So there's no, like I said, there's no wrong answer to this. So whatever feels good in your heart. Like I said, I like to create beautiful things. I like to create beautiful atmospheres and um, like stories and uh like it's so hard to say the question one more time okay so out of all the things like because obviously you started artwork at a young age 
So your, your soul was, that was already like going in that direction. Your heart and your soul is set on that. And it sounds like art is your soul's purpose, like your soul's calling, like out of all the unique gifts and things that you're capable of doing, I guess, what trait of yours or, um, you know, gift, what unique gift of yours just really sets your soul on fire? Like what is your calling? Mm. When what comes up for me is the art is the byproduct <laughs> for me channeling the unseen or the unexpressed worlds that are that I perceive, if that Ooh. makes sense. Yes, yes, because that goes so the yeah. art, go, go, you go. know, the art is kind of a byproduct. <laughs> I don't create with the intention like I'm going to go out and make art today. <laughs> but no, it's more so like, how do I want to be inspired today? Um, what 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 feels exciting to create with? Um, and some days it's painting, and some days it's food, creating a nice meal. Some days it's uh, making like leather work and working on a project. I'll get an I'll get an obsession or something, and I just can't let it go. And then like it doesn't obviously it doesn't exist. Like it starts off like I have a vision of like an outfit or like an accessory or something that I need in my wardrobe or I want, and I just think in the world. And then I get obsessed with it. And then I try to find it and then it doesn't exist. And so then I'm like, okay, obviously I need to make this. <laughs> so then it's kind of, it's kind of, you kind of fumbling there, kind of like following it. It's not really like a, um, it's not really planned to be honest. It's more or less like opening yourself up, opening yourself up to allowing the source to speak through you because I feel like the creativity doesn't come from you it passes through you and like a lot of what I do is just opening my channel up to download whatever the message is and the message might be through my writing or poetry it might be through my art like a painting design like photography like and people always ask me like how do you manage all of these different skill sets and it's like it it manages itself because I don't think about it so much like on Monday I'm going to do this on Tuesday like no no I don't do that <laughs> I just let the divine spark guide me and then it will just unfold how it does. So like there's certain seasons of my life where I was obsessed with one sort of craft and there's another season of my life where I'm obsessed with a certain sort of craft. So like, for example, when I'm traveling, I'm not in a studio space. I'm not painting as often as I am when I'm grounded in like a, a home or studio or things like that. I'm more interested in connecting with people and connections and stories and photography. And so my art form changes like 
you know, into documenting and photographing and collecting the stories and writing about these these people and these humans and these experiences that I meet along the way. And that's exciting for me. And so that's where I'm following the spark in that moment. And like, when I'm like writing like about these things, I get like high off of it. It's like really like exciting for me. It's like a rush of energy when it when it's coming through you and you're like, you're like, oh yeah, like I really need to like get this idea out there. It's like upset, like almost as a blessing and a curse simultaneously because you just can't let it go. And you might be in like the most inconvenient spot ever to like do the thing that you're needing to do, but you're just like, whatever I can do to get this down, whether it's in my phone, my notebook, on a piece of paper, a napkin, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to try to get this idea down because if it, if you don't stop and accept the idea, I, I believe that source will send it to someone else who does have the spaciousness to, to accept that gift of that spark. And that's why so many artists are like, Oh, I had that idea already. And then someone stole my idea. And I was like, well, it was in the collective consciousness and, and your guides and your spirits were like trying to give you this download for a long time, but you weren't listening. So they found someone else who was, who was going to listen. And it's like, you can't be mad at, you can't be mad other at, than at yourself. And, and it's just kind of a bummer, you know, when it's, when you don't actively give the space. And that's another aspect of this, like carving out time to, create is also really important because it's not carving out time to produce because the creative process unfolds in a very like organic way it's very feminine to me and it's not like there's like certain parts of it that are masculine like setting up the structure and like learning the techniques and all of that but when it really comes down to it I feel it's way more of like a feminine flow, like coming in through your body, through your hands, through your, through your breath, through your mouth, into your being out into that expression of whatever it is, whether it be, you know, dance, music, art, poetry, mm. stories. Yeah, you literally was, I was like, she literally just channels everything with the divine femme flow essence. That's the, the ebb and flow and just vibing with it. Just lean with it, rock with it, roll with it. That's what I say. <laughs> and I love that. I love how, because my Virgo self, I run into perfectionism where I'm just like, okay, today I want to focus on this. Today I want to focus on that. And I love that you don't do that. You're just like, I'm just going to allow myself to be open, be the clear channel for source. And I'm just going to allow for things to just simply come through and be, and just simply be, and I'm going to just let it flow through my work that way. And if it calls to let me do some cute, cute things with some leather stuff. Oh, cute. Let's go in this direction. I just love that. There's no, I love that. And as you said, it's, it just all ends up coming together just so beautifully um, in how you do your work and your channelings. And when you mentioned um, that you channel from different worlds, like that was one of my questions for you was, 
I know that you've been sharing a lot, um, especially you just did a live painting at Soul Dance yesterday. And then um, like your watering woman um, emblem, the stickers, like they all give me like that um, Lumeria, like just world, um, just like these watery worlds. Like, do you what do you think specifically that could be? Like, do you, do you have like an idea, like an exact idea of what those worlds are that you're channeling from? That's, that's funny. Um, I definitely think I participated or lived <laughs> either in Lumeria or Atlantis in another life or something okay. like that. And I don't think it's a coincidence that I decided to, I, I believe in reincarnation um just simply by the fact that energy cannot be created nor destroyed and so like literally my life force energy is going to be created like decomposed to the body and like it's going to be growing into uh into soil that then grows plants and whatnot so i'm like there is an energy transfer so therefore there is reincarnation like that's just how i see it mm -hmm. and um yeah, so with the Atlantis Lumerian thing, I don't think it's a coincidence that I decided to be born in Atlanta. It's like interesting. It's like, oh, that sounds familiar. I'll I'll, I'll drop in there. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I always felt that connection to Atlantean um, culture and it became really apparent to me that connection to Atlantis, like within the last couple of years, um, because I randomly went to this like bookstore um, in Asheville where I was living at the time and um, found this book on Atlantean healing. And it was talking all about um, different colors of light and what they represent and um, how different colors will help with different sorts of like healings modalities in the body and this was like an ancient Atlantean like practice and how they would heal people of like disease and like illnesses and one of the like for example blue light blue light is considered like a very cleansing renewing rejuvenating like light energy whereas like um ultraviolet light is actually very like purifying and cleansing. And that's why in hospitals, they use UV light to sterilize uh, tables, like operating tables. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, we are still using these technologies of light therapy. And I started thinking about like my light codes and like why I've always like channeled these, I, I just always didn't really understand the depth of them. And I feel like over time, as I've evolved as a human, there's like little Easter eggs, you know, hidden in the grass of life where I'm like slowly picking up and like remembering why I'm doing this thing. Like I'm just doing this thing. I'm just channeling, but I don't know. You're not told why you're doing it. Like you just do it sometimes you just allow it to unfold and then later on the download comes through of like oh 
that's why I was doing that, right? That makes sense. Like, it's like, I have the aha moment. Like, it's just like, you'll be in the, it's like when you're in that microcosmic world, you're in the sauce, you can't see the bigger picture until you take a step back from like the world or back from the painting that you're like, oh, I understand now why that happened. And the same goes to life experiences. Something bad happens. You're like, oh, why did the world do this to me? Oh my God. And it's like, actually it was happening for you Mm -hmm. because if you like, for example, I wanted to move to Nashville. It did not work out. I had every possible blockage for me to go there. I decided to go to India instead. And then had this whole like, like life transformative journey there. And when I come back to the United States, as soon as I come back, guess what happens? A tornado goes and destroys East Nashville, the exact road I was looking at a house in Nashville was completely destroyed by a tornado. And I had chills all over my body and was like, if I had moved there, that would, I, I would be homeless right now. And thank, like, thank goodness that I, I took a different direction. Like there was resistance. And then once it was like, got to a certain point where I was like, this doesn't feel aligned anymore. This feels like I'm pushing too hard. And like, not that I gave up, I just decided to switch directions. Mm. Yep. Like rejection is redirection. That's how I look at it. And that's been one of the biggest lessons for me. And also literally like just trusting that things are happening for you, not against you. (laughs) Things are happening for you and your highest good and everyone involved. So that that's, that's beautiful. And that's just wild that you decided to go to India and literally, yeah, as you said, you would have been homeless. So yeah, that was God looking out for you, yo. He was like, nah, you got somewhere else to be. <laughs> like, I got a better plan for you. Just follow me. Just trust me. Trust me, okay? <laughs> and we're just going to scoot you right over here. <laughs> but no, that's that's amazing. Um, Because literally, when I kept looking at your artwork, and I remember when we did my photo shoot, and you happened to show me one of your, a couple of your pieces, that literally gave me like that, um, the Atlantis uh, Lumeria vibes. And I was like, wow. And then I just, I myself, I can totally um, resonate with that as coming from a soul siren. I love water. Um, I love the ocean. I love singing by the oceans. I love anything in the water, the like realms. Um, I want to be a mermaid. Like I am a mermaid. (laughs) So (laughs) Um, I just, that's why, again, why I just fell in love with your work, like seriously. Oh my gosh. Like seriously. Oh, everyone. She's fucking amazing. <laughs> Flare Munio. Um, and I guess, you know, now Aww. going to, I'm serious though. Now I'm going into like, we have like a few, a couple more questions left, but, um, you know, I, obviously unique is, is what you are queen. And I said it at the beginning of this, of this session where 
I really, with this episode, it was, again, the power of being unique, the power of uniqueness and why being in your own essence, just being in your own truth is literally like your own power. It is your own superpower. And that is just every time I see you, every time you're putting yourself out there and you are shining your light, um, you are just giving so much love and uniqueness in who you are. And it is so um, uplifting. It is motivational. It's inspirational. Um, it's empowering. And I just, you were honestly one of the women that I looked up to that I knew that I wanted to follow in pursuing that direction and choosing myself and choosing my gift and choosing my work and choosing who I am and not being afraid of it. And so again, that is why I am just so humbled and honored to have you a part of this Queendom Rebirth series, because I truly believe that you are the definition of, of your queendom and your rebirth and unique and all, just everything and all. Um, so what is the importance of like reclaiming your sacred uniqueness? Like if you were to give that advice to, to people, our divine listeners out there. What is the importance of claiming your uniqueness? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no one else in the world that is you. Mm. Everyone has unique, beautiful medicine that they have to offer on this planet at this time. That is why they have come in and reincarnated in this moment, in this season, in this era. And your medicine may not be for everyone. Okay. That's not why you were born. You weren't here to please everyone. Okay. You're, you came very specific code, DNA structure, unique to you and your person and this code this set of uniqueness and is is inside of every single living person is just becoming more open to access that code like that essence of who you are and a lot of that is um learning to love and accept ourselves um because we didn't always receive that um in our in our childhood or you know in our youth like when we're when we're learning how to human um you know we're not all blessed to have support systems and communities that that see that spark inside of us and really foster that like those of you who have been blessed for an elder, someone in your family, your community that saw something within you and was like, hey, you really need to do something with this. This is this is your gift. It's almost like you need that sacred mirror of like someone being like, I see you, like, don't stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And that for me, that moment of like, like someone really seeing me was definitely in high school um, with a teacher she was my APR teacher, Rosemary Wen, and she was like, I see you, girl. Like, you are talented. You are gifted. Please. She, when I graduated high school, she said to me, she goes, 
please promise me that you will never give up art, that you will never stop. And I said, okay, I promise you. And we got really emotional because it was like, I had all of this pressure from my family, from my parents. The dog is ready to go outside. Um, all this pressure from my family, my parents to like, do some like to do something really productive like because I was the smart child I was the intelligent one I got good grades in school and they were like really pushing me to go in the more academic route and that just wasn't like really true for me but I I was somewhat manipulated or fooled um into that and um that's why that's why I went to college was because I was fooled into that and um this might be controversial but I don't recommend college or university for for creators honestly unless you really 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 know your path and what you want to do and you have a clear expectation and an outcome of what you want and you need a degree specifically for that um so yeah I feel a lot of regret I feel a lot of regret about my experience in university um because you know I was trying to please and be someone else than than I wasn't. And like the only window of time that I had to express myself every single day um, was that 10 minutes in the morning when I got ready to go to school. Those 10 minutes of dress up time was like me time. And the rest of the day was just classes and work and internships and doing what I thought I was supposed to do homework and you know that was like a whole era of of my life and I definitely feel very privileged to um be able to have access to that sort of education and I'm not like ungrateful for that um but the system is extremely flawed in convincing innocent growing adults who are barely have developed their we're not even in our adult brain to take on these enormous debts so that we become another like slave to their system I mean mm. mm-hmm. you go to college for four years and then you work off your entire life all those student loans I mean does that practically make sense like that wouldn't make sense to any adult but that's why they put so much in intention to like get the 18 year old that's fresh out of high school like you need to do this so that you're successful of course we want to be successful like of course you're like you pitch this whole scheme of like well in for you to be like to be wealthy and be successful and have the lifestyle that you want, you need to go to college so you can get the job that you want. But what they don't tell you is when you finally graduate and you finally get the job that you want, you're absolutely miserable, you're in debt, and 
you can't even cover your basic expenses. And then on top of that, you have no time for any other passions besides this job. And you're supposed to continue on this path until you're 65 years old and you can retire and you have no vitality in your life. And this is just, and and then you can enjoy your life after that. Let me tell you, that is, that is the biggest lie we've ever been sold. The biggest lie. Mm -hmm. I became so disillusioned, so disillusioned. And so my, my biggest thing I can tell the youth is be very discerning who you receive advice from because not all elders or adults in your life, gosh, like have, are, are looking out for the best for you. And sometimes you got to listen to you. Like you have to really come into your intuition of like what feels true to you Mm -hmm. that is so true oh my goodness like that oh girl we got queen over here speaking some truths over here like I I know it's a controversial thing but I even when I was that 18 year old in high school not knowing what the F I was doing. I was like, what am I doing? I don't know where I'm going. I want to sing though. Like, and my parents are like, oh, you need to go to pharmaceutical school. You need to do this. You need to do that. Or you should do this. You should do that. And I was like, yo, no, I want to go. So then I was like, oh, let me go to New York and go to school for Broadway. And that's what I thought at that moment in time. And I was like, I'm going to be the the different one and I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly off. And I was living in Florida at the time. And I was the only kid in my class that went to New York to, for school. And it was for musical theater, but I will say, look where I'm even at now. And I literally am like, I don't even resonate with that person. And again, like, you know, I owe some, I, and I owe some student debt and we have that happening. And it's so true though, because I also know so many friends who have gone to school, changed their majors so many times, or, you know, was set on a specific major. And then as you said it, once they got into the real world, into real life, they're like, this isn't it. This isn't what I want. No, this isn't it. This is it. Because I, okay, I'm a little confused. <laughs> I'm a little confused. <laughs> like, what is happening here? This doesn't seem like, I went through all this school for what? For this? So it definitely, um, and then, like I said, I even know people, yeah, and they would just completely like kibosh the major and they're just completely doing something else now. Like not even, that's a past version of themselves where they're just like, nope, no, 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 no. So it's so true though. And I'm like, gosh. And I I guess a question for you real quick is about your grandmother. Cause I know you mentioned when you, so how is she now with, and going into the next, cause you basically answered um, the last question for me, um, and in so many ways, but now being, uh, Clara Moon and like, you have completely just evolute again, evolutionized yourself into your queendom rebirth. You are doing so much, like so much beauty is in your life and continuing to unfold for you. So how does it feel to be 
in this essence, you right now to this beautiful present moment, how does it feel when you look back at your grandmother? Like, do you hold love for her? her? Does she, is she at a different, is she, does she see you for who you are? Is it the same? Like, how, how do you feel being in this queendom rebirth now for yourself? How does that feel for you? After all of that, all the growth mm. and the, the continuous growth, mm. but talking about right here, right now, how, how does it feel being in this new evolution for yourself? So there's a story that goes with this feeling. At the beginning of this year, my car suddenly just like brakes just went out completely like and this huge alarm just like went in my car it was really scary moment and like anyways it seemed to be a metaphor for where I'm at in my life where it's like no breaks keep going just keep doing keep going keep going keep pushing through keep don't stop never give up so that's like how I'm feeling in this moment is no breaks baby here we go. Let's keep on coasting. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. As far as my grandmother, uh, you know, when I was 25, I flew out to go visit her and I stayed with her for a week. Um, and by myself, I, I just, I, out of my own like choice, to to just spend some quality time with her I felt like I needed some closure on a couple things like in our relationship because there was um I had felt I I had some animosity towards her since childhood because of you know said experience um and honestly that trip was really eye-opening for both of us because I was able to finally like understand who she is and she was able to finally understand who I am and I guess in that moment when she received that gift she didn't understand like the sacredness she didn't understand the importance she didn't understand the value that it held for me because she had a different value system Mm -hmm. right so yeah there was a lot of like healing that happened that week and like I realized that I was that I'm a lot like her in a, in a way I'm, I'm a little sassy I'm strong-willed um, <laughs> you know and definitely fashionable <laughs> that's who she is. She was always on point in her fashion, strong-willed and, and like sassy. And she's going to tell you exactly how she feels. <laughs> she feels about it. And it kind of hurts a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but at least she's honest and real. And I've also had like a lot of like, like healing happen as well after she's passed on. Mm -hmm. Um, cause she passed away, uh, in May of 2021. Mm -hmm. And so like when she did, um, that felt like, like she ascended into like the realm 
of ancestors and I just feel like she's been guiding me since Mm. like really intensely like she's really been there for me isn't that beautiful so and she's definitely yes because I would say 2021 oh my gosh we were unfurling from an international pandemic year and that year I decided that I don't know anything about anything that's important and I feel called to do a wilderness survival school called Deep Remembering the Holistic Survival School with Luke McLaughlin. Hold on a second. My dog was ready to go outside. Yeah, it's okay. Sorry, pardon me. She's she's been crying this whole time. I don't know if no, you heard. It's okay. Go really you're good. I do this with survival school and this was kind of the beginning of me coming into like um a deeper relationship and trust with the masculine I think before in my maiden I had a lot of wounds with men not trusting them just like just from experiences um and for the first time I took on a male role model a male mentor and he is really great at de-escalating and like helping you to come back into your your body and and nervous system especially when you like go out into like wilderness experiences there's like intensity that happens and so this program that I was a part of was like a 10-month program and it was really like life-changing for me one to be able to learn these like kind of forgotten skill sets um survival skills that are so indigenous and and into into what makes us human it's all good keep going (laughs) oh okay yeah you're good so we were we were gathering once a month for 10 months and each month there was a different skill that we would learn we would build upon like for example like high tanning, basket weaving, flint napping, like cordage and ropes and like shelter building and like carving, like knife carving and like all sorts of things that you're learning. Um, And in the, the ninth month, you do what's called a, a a solo vision quest. Mm. And that means you go out into the woods by yourself for 24 hours and you fast with, you can choose whether you have water or not and you make fire and you sit with yourself and you sit in the woods. Wow. So I obviously was terrified of that the whole year going in thinking about doing this vision quest and that 
time of my life was very um, untethered and I was not grounded. And the only like constant that I had that year was this group of deeper remembering people. Um, Cause I, I had a lot of un- like in housing insecurity and car insecurity and all sorts of stuff that was coming up. Um, and my rock was these people during that year, this program, like having these mentors and things like that. And I was really afraid of the commitment to this because I thought, I don't know what I'm doing next month. I could be in a whole nother state and I don't have this groundedness I'm in this very like flowy place and like, I don't, and also I don't know, I don't have the first couple months, I didn't have a car. So it was a challenge that I had to overcome every single time to get there every single month. Like there was always a hurdle to get there. So you go through all of these different initiations to overcome the hurdle to just arrive there. And when you finally arrive, your nervous system just like, a whole day of just like sinking into like the richness of the forest and of the woods and like coming back into like what it means to be human in nature and like back to like making fire, making food over fire. Like, you know, you're just really connected to these cycles, Mm. sleeping on the ground, um, like just so restorative, like to your nervous system. And finally we had built up all of these skill sets so that it, there was an opportunity for us to do this vision quest. And we had a lot of time to prepare and like design how we wanted to do our vision quest. Right. So the way that I designed mine was I wanted to build my own debris shelter Mm. and sleep in the debris shelter and make my own fire. And I would do a food fast and just drink water during that time. So this experience was like kind of going into the darkness. It was in winter time. Um, It was very, very, very cold on this mountain. We were like right off the Appalachian trail right off of the, where the Tennessee and North Carolina kind of kissed right there at Max Patch. I was like situated on a mountain um, and Greenheart Forest, just like (laughs) a hop, skip and a uh, a jump from Max Patch, which is like kind of a bald mountain in the Appalachian Trail. So you have this like epic view and uh, forest around you and the daytime was just serene and like collecting fire materials so that you could have this warm fire for like what you think is the longest night. And it ended up, um, I ended up falling asleep by the fire, um, tending it for a while. And then I get, I get so tired to a certain point, I decided to crawl into my debris shelter that I had built um, out of leaves and things like that. A lot, actually a lot of leaves, a lot, a lot of leaves. It took a long time to build this and I'm feeling really good. I'm like, oh, I got through that day. 
no big deal, like, right? Like no big deal. Um, and so this is me coming in. This is like representing me coming into my masculine, like integration. Okay. That night in the middle of the night, it starts freezing, hailing rain on, on us while we're out there. And you, the debris shelter made of leaves, it's fine. If it rains, it'll trickle down, but the hail was starting to puncture holes into my debris shelter and water was coming in like rushing and like freezing cold water and I quickly jump up like out of action and I'm like feeling a little disoriented like what is going on and then like just like my inner like everything inside of me was like I have to get this shelter back up and running like so it's like you know not so I'm not like freezing all night long. So there's this like strong need to like survive in this moment. It's really intense. It's very foggy and like it's it, it's absolutely miserable and dreadful outside. Like I wouldn't recommend being out there. But um, in that fog, I made the intention while I was there that whenever I would come to a challenge, that I would take inventory of my gratitude so in that moment in that difficult time I was like okay honey you have your jacket you have your boots put your boots on put your jacket on all right where is your where's your bearings right and I realized I had left some of my gear out by grandmother tree which was like a separate area of the woods than where I my base camp was mm -hmm. and I kind of was like oh darn like I need to go get that stuff before it go gets wet and very like in my night like being really like naive I think I could just easily hop over to that area in this like dense fog but instead I get disoriented I get lost I can't find my stuff. And the next thing I know, I'm literally inside of a cloud of uncertainty and unknown. And I don't have any like touch with my bearings around me. And it was absolutely terrifying to the point where we were given these whistles just in case of emergency if we needed help. So I'm like clutching this whistle around my chest like wrestling with myself should I blow this whistle to get help in the middle of this storm because this is really terrifying like I'm separated from my somehow I'm lost from my base camp and I'm lost from grandmother tree where my fire was and I don't know where I am and this is really terrifying and finally this like huge rush of energy the wind pushes through and it's like so cold that I just start screaming inside of the whistle like as loud as I can but the storm was louder and I thought to myself no one's gonna hear your cry for help no one's gonna hear like this whistle in this moment because it's like really coming down right now and I thought to myself you're gonna have to save yourself you're gonna have to pull yourself out of here. 
like you're gonna have to figure this out on your own Mm. and no one's coming to your call Mm. gosh that awareness was really difficult to receive that like I'm the only one who can get me out of the situation Mm. and at that point coming back to gratitude taking inventory of what I was grateful for I remember taking great gratitude for my jacket for my warm jacket for my gloves for my warm boots for my active able body that has breath that can do breath of fire that can stay moving so that I can keep myself warm in the middle of a hailstorm and at that point I'm thinking okay I'm going to take inventory of my surroundings I don't I'm going to go in different directions till I see something that's familiar and maybe I can figure out which way is north, south, east, or west based off that. And finally, after doing this like kind of shuffle dance in the middle of this dense fog, I finally find this one log that looked familiar, but it was like, I felt like it was in the upside down world. Like I thought it would be on like the left side, but it was actually on the right side. So then I'm like twisted around. And this is a metaphor of life. You're just like, life twists you around. And then I realized I'm so confused that I thought South was North and East was West. And now I find grandmother tree again, which was like my lifeline for kind of guiding me which way was North, South, East or West. It was this huge oak tree where I built at the base my my fire. And I finally see grandmother tree who obviously is kind of inspired by my own grandmother and I just like hug and kiss the shit out of her like when I see her and I was just like crying like I and that meant I knew which direction to go the direction the sacred navigation right mm-hmm. and at that point I can find my tent, my shelter, my, my home. And I come back to my shelter. And like, there was like something that just like came out of me. I don't know if it was like my, like my dad energy or like father energy. It was just like, something just came out of me and was like, like threw up a tarp and like strung it to a tree and like knotted it perfectly and like got this like shelter waterproof sealed done like in no time and I was just like I was like there's nothing penetrating this fortress of this debris (laughs) and I like at this point hands and my whole body is frozen and I crawl inside the debris shelter after situating it and lean my back against the spine of the tree and do breath of fire to warm my body back from being numbed by the cold. And I, I think I was doing breath of fire there for at least like 10 to 15 minutes because I was like frozen, like, Mm -hmm. because I had been out in the elements and it was, it was like, very very cold winter in Appalachia like borderline you could get like sick or what is it when you frostbite 
Mm -hmm. um, frostbite. So this was like, it could be dangerous if I didn't bring my body back to warmth. And I finally like get to this point, like where I'm breathing with the tree and like doing this, like breath of fire that I'm my, I'm finally warm enough where I can like fall and sink down into the leaves and just fall asleep and go into this like dream world in the middle of the storm. And I just, ex I felt like I went down into the underworld that night. Like the dream was, the dreams were so deep and so um, just like soul encompassing that like no light could penetrate down in there. And actually we were allowed to come back to our village when sun came up but I didn't come back to the village when the sun came up because I was so deep in the underworld that Luke had to come and send himself as a messenger to let me know that the village was ready for me to come home <laughs> <laughs> Claire Woodham, the village is ready for you to come home oh my goodness and I'm like pulling back the curtains of like this debris shelter and I'm like just leave me here <laughs> I'm good like I'm good I did it like anyways but I packed up my stuff and, and went back and joined the village and I just remember thinking like wow like I overcame my fear like all of my fears I proved to myself that I can do challenging things and I feel like a total badass. <laughs> like I remember after that weekend, I was like, I'm a motherfucking badass. I just did that shit. I faced my fears, yo. That was intense. Holy cow. Like I did that. You did. Man, and I'm not like a a bro bro but like I was ready to bro out with him after that and be like woo woo <laughs> you know? yes. but that I tell you that story because that is part of the queendom story is because for me like part of coming into my queendom was like coming into this inner sacred union with my own masculine and with my feminine, like a very strong in my feminine. And then also like, that was like the initiation into the queendom was like learning to love my masculine self. And like in this grounded presence way, like deep presence, like in that moment, it's just like when you're in a survival thing, like you're not thinking about anything else but what's happening in that moment and what your needs are and what um yeah so it's just that is like the first first time I felt like I had a healthy relationship to my own inner masculine mm. and that is actually one of the first queen codes mm. I will say is finding that inner sacred union within okay yes as we balancing should. that feminine 
Yes, as we share them queen codes. I, I was waiting for that. I was like, where are these queen codes come through? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, like, well, oh. each one's got its like own story, so. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so back to the queen codes, there's seven queen codes. Um, and that's because we got we got seven chakras. Mm-hmm. We got seven is a magical number, seven chakras, seven energy centers. But we also, in the story of Inanna, there's seven gates in the underworld. Mm-hmm. So when the maiden, the feminine goes down into the underworld, she has to go down through these different gates, right? There's seven in each gate she has to remove an article of clothing or something that is belonging to her that represents her her maidenhood, her and so this is kind of the essence of the dissension is like the rite of passage in the feminine past. And so after that year of of doing the deeper remembering program, I had the opportunity to do another program with my friend, my dear friend and mentor, Cachiavelli Morrison, who I met through that program. She did that program with me. That is how we met. We did those, we did those challenging like experiences together, but also separately. And like, after that year, I felt like there was this great need to better understand the divine feminine and all of that encompasses the divine feminine and all of her archetypes. Like, I mean, don't get me started on that because we could have a whole nother podcast series about all the different divine feminine archetypes. We could have a whole list of of episodes. (laughs) Um, But where we, where we come in into where we come in into connection with each other and sisterhood, we realized that we wanted to go on this journey, this soul birthing journey to really understand these forgotten aspects of ourselves. And so for example, like when she goes down, she loses something like, and seven articles of clothing but it also represents like you know the things that we lose that were that's taken from us but when she gets down into the underworld she dies she has this moment where Arishagal kills her and she dies and then she comes back to life but when she comes back to life she it becomes more self-actualized than she was before and she can then rise up through the seven gates of the underworld back to the living world and at each gate she gains a new queen code she gains a new insight into who her who her being is Mm. so like we said we talked about the inner sacred union that's that is the balance in the masculine the feminine then the next one is the energetic attunement this is when you get really honest with yourself really truthful what we were talking about early earlier where you look at the things in your life where 
like people, situations, jobs, experiences, whether they inspire you or whether they drain you, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of us have experienced a little bit of both in our life where we have felt uh where we have felt like this harmony this attunement this like energy of of alignment things like going towards things that nourish you versus things that sabotage you right so this attunement is also like it's one of the higher frequencies to turn into because we have to step out of our people pleasing patterns Mm-hmm. that we were indoctrinated as maidens okay you have to open your voice and speak your truth mm-hmm. and not fear and you have to get honest with yourself and admit to yourself first is this in harmony with me and my soul right mm-hmm. this is so true like in the creative process like like, does this feel, does this feel harmonious to like push into this forcefully or am I going to allow the divine flow to happen? I think there's a little bit of that discernment there. And that is like a very powerful skill set to um, embody. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot of self-mastery. Um, so the next one, the next queen code, the aligned purpose thing, right? We are talking about that dharmic mission. Most people, maybe on your podcast, know what that word means, but dharma means your soul mission, your duty for this lifetime. It is a word that comes from India. It holds a lot of of meaning, a Sanskrit word of duty, a call to action, how you want to show up and serve at this time. So each one of us, like I said earlier, has a mission for this planet. And this goes beyond your ego. Like you have a mission for the collective and you were anchored in with this aligned purpose. So like when you are feeling fulfilled in your life, you know, you can feel that. You have bridged that gap a little bit smaller. Maybe you can kiss every now and then, you know, and have those kismet moments mm-hmm. uh, of destiny where you know you're truly in and like living embodiment of your heart's desire, you know? And it's not like it's always going to be touching. Like, it's kind of like parallel lines of like, they all, they, they want to touch, but sometimes they come in and they kiss. So you know it's right when it fucking feels amazing. Yes. Like, right. not like egotistical way. Right. I, I call it yeah. fuck yes energy. Fuck yes. Yes. To give you fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Yes, you own that fuck yes energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt that. <sighs> and so like 
And so with this owning that fuck yes is also really tuning into your body, tuning into all of your different chakras, tuning into your womb, tuning into your heart, tuning into your mind, not just the ego to like, what is my true yes, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. That takes time. It takes time. Sometimes it's like, can I bookmark this for a moment so I can get back to you so I can really tune in with myself and feel what is my yes and discern? Yeah, it takes a lot of soul lessons. That's for sure. It'll take a few. It'll take a couple, one or two. For sure. <laughs> for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. And that's why sisterhood is so important. You know, we have so many of these, like, as a maiden, we probably, you know, have had sisters or girlfriends or things like that that have hurt us. Mm-hmm. Or they've really been there for us. And you have these stories of sisterhood, like different women have different um, experiences of sisterhood. Like one of the biggest lessons of sisterhood is jealousy, mm-hmm. for example. And another lesson of sisterhood is feeling that radiance and beauty. So it's like there are two signs of the of the coin, right? So the immature queen the maiden the good girl you know the people pleaser the insecure one you know you're trying to impress everyone because your self-worth is attached to what others think of you and not what you think of yourself and you're in this competition mode like you have to be better or prettier or whatever than the other girl over here right that is like the immature feminine energy Mm -hmm. um and that is like a dark side to sisterhood that that we need that we needed to address with ourselves we all have these like maiden wounds that come up perhaps we've had fallings out with friends with sisters and things like that, because we didn't know how to have difficult conversations and to speak compassionately when we are talking with one another, you know? And so it takes this like era of softening a little bit and like curiosity to really like come in from an empowered place to really hear another sister, you know, um, mm-hmm. to really like drop in and to support one another and to drop, to drop into the support and, and fall away from the competition because it's like, we're all here to build each other up. And that's why I love what you're doing here with, with Queen and Rebirth is you're growing this sisterhood and helping to bring a platform for other women to really be empowered in what it is that they're doing. And that is what we need as other queens, like supporting each other in our own journey to the queendom mm-hmm. amen sister yes oh thank you mm-hmm. yes you know and that it requires emotional mass like being masters of our emotions you know if you're walking around like 
like a ticking time bomb that's triggered all the time, you're not looking or process, you have not processed undigested trauma, grief, sadness, rage, pain. Mm. And those people who are triggering, triggering you are teachers. Mm -hmm. They are a teacher. They're showing you something that you need to work on within yourself. Absolutely. You know, we've all, we've all been there where there's someone who just gets right underneath our skin and we just, <laughs> we can't have it. <laughs> the, the body, the body heats, the tingles, <laughs> the gut space. <laughs> oh yes. They're all mirrors. They're all meant to teach us where we need our healing on our journey. Absolutely. Keep going queen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of that is like, I think we've been taught to kind of suppress our, our rage as, as women, as womb holders, like it's socially, it's not really, um, it has not been acceptable for women to express rage. We're often labeled like she crazy or whatever. Like right. there's, there's definitely an immature way of expressing rage, but then there's a really mature container that you can set to express your rage. And, you know, for me, art has been my way of expressing my, my emotions that, um, especially grief and, and rage and sadness and those sort of things. It's been my refuge because yeah, it, it's, it's always going to be there for me. It's always, it's never going to leave me like, um, like going back to that painting that you were mentioning that I was doing at soul dance yesterday. Um, that one is called soul birthing. Um, it's a Yoni medicine wheel, um, inspired by this like divine feminine awakening. And I remember getting, putting the first brushstroke on there, I actually um, beat the shit out of the canvas with a paintbrush using hot pink paint. And I'm not a pink girl at all, but that day in particular was really triggering for me. That day that I decided to pick up that brush was the day that Roe versus Wade was overthrown mm -hmm. in court. And I just remember feeling so much pain, so much rage in my body for that, that I didn't know where else to put that anger, to put that rage. And so I just beat that canvas as hard as I could that day, as hard as I could. And then when I was done, I was just staring at this like, giant canvas painted hot pink it's like intense in my bedroom it's mm -hmm. like you, you know if it, it was it was therapy it was therapy for my soul in that moment and and like how powerful of that painting to start from that place of rage yeah wow yeah so we gotta own all those parts mm -hmm. we gotta own all those parts even the rage and, and direct them in ways that are, that help us to transmute them in ways that are healthy. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. 
Oh, amen to that queen. Oh, are those, did we do all seven codes for those seven? Two more. Okay. Okay. Two more. All right. So, so the, 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 the second to last one is about owning your dark sexual power, right? This like wild femininity, like our, our sexuality, our sensuality, like owning that, that side of ourself, you know, with, with high integrity, like that sacred sexuality, but also that wild primal side of ourselves, no longer holding these codes of shame and guilt and blame and all of these things that we're really owning our bodies. We're owning our sexualities, our sensualities, and it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of desire. It's coming from a place of integrity. And it requires boundaries. It requires a need for safe, creating safe containers around sexuality and sensuality um, to really unlock those sexual powers with whoever you are sharing that with. Yes. I'm like, I'm letting this all sit in with me. Yeah. All these codes right now. Cause I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It's like all fuck. Yes. Sacred. Yes. Sacred. Yes. Is for me. Mm-hmm. 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 And last but not mm-hmm. least. <laughs> sovereignty. Mm. Self-sovereignty. You are so anchored in yourself that you follow your own truth no matter what. And you create healthy boundaries because you love yourself. Mm. And you hold this pillar of sovereignty for yourself. You trust yourself. You trust your body. You trust your intuition, your inner knowing. You have radical ownership of your body of your life. I am actively co-creating the masterpiece of my life and taking ownership of ourselves, also taking ownership of our words, taking ownership of how we affect others, accountability. Mm-hmm. On a soul level, we have all mm-hmm. these lessons that were called in and it's like your soul wanted to learn these lessons, no matter how difficult, no matter how challenging. We have to take ownership. Like we said earlier, life is happening for you. We're stepping out of victimization and into sovereignty of our being that we, we are not defined by our, our pain, our trauma, our wounds don't defy us. They are part of our story, but we can reframe and create whatever story we want for our life. And we have, we are the agents of our own time. We are our own inner authorities. We can listen into our intuition and it gives us the authority to make decisions that feel the most attuned and aligned with our truth. In integrity, with love and respect and care for ourselves, but also for others at the same time. You know what I mean? Yes, girl. Hell yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, oh my a true queen a true queen embodies all seven of these mm. and I feel like this is like an ongoing journey like I like to say I'm like a matriarch in the in the making mm-hmm. um like a 
I'm way too young to be a matriarch, but I hope one day I will be called that. And um, yeah, and I hope to activate other queens along the way because we need you, sis. Yes, take us. We need you. We need need your unique medicine out there in the world. We need you. Mm Hmm. We do. And that's so beautiful. Okay, so can can you um go through the seven queen codes real quick again? Just Nate, like go through the list, just one more time, so we sure. can process it. Inner sacred union, energetic attunement, aligned purpose, sisterhood, emotional mastery. Owning your dark, wild sexual power and coming into fullness of your sovereignty with integrity and respect and love with creating those healthy boundaries. Mm. Mic drop. Claire Moon, everyone. (laughs) I am so, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing those. Oh, when you when you mentioned the codes earlier, I was like, ooh, what woo. I was like, okay. It was tickling me. It was just oh my heart, your words of wisdom, Clara Moon, are just it it gave me so much feel good, so much power, so much um grace, divinity, um, courage within myself and obviously everyone that's listening right now, um, at this point, it's just such a beautiful honor to, to be in your presence and of your words. Um, just thank you. Thank you for your depth. Thank you for your light. Um, thank you for your story. Thank you for just sharing your light and knowing that we're not alone. Um, that we are seen, that we are heard, and you are seen, and you are heard, and you are supported. Um, And I am so excited for you, and everything that is coming for you, and everything that's currently unfolding for you. Um, So where can people follow you? after tonight's call, because I know that y'all got to check her page out, um, especially her leggings. We're both wearing them right now. I just feel awkward, like getting up on the camera and showing them. But this woman creates so much beauty. So yeah, and you have a store, you have a website, you have obviously your Instagram. So where can people follow Mm -hmm. you? Yeah, I have a Shopify account. So it is Moon Cosm Media um, at Shopify.com is like my store and shop. It has everything from like my Goddess Gang clothing collection um, to like when I drop like sometimes I'll drop like a leatherwork collection on there and it'll be available um, on my site. I also have stickers and other merchandise available on there. Um, And the best place to find me is on Instagram, to be honest, because that's where I get to kind of flex my um, expression and um, art curation um, and conscious creation um, evolution. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can follow me at uh, Mooncosm Media um, on Instagram. And I also have a Facebook page, which is Mooncosm Media that you can search. So beautiful, beautiful. And I obviously will tag everything in the description of this episode, including your Shopify, including everything. So people can follow you, they can be in tune on your journey and hopefully meet you in person. And y'all come through Atlanta area. That is where we are based at pretty much for the most part. So, um, but yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire Moon. Oh my goodness. I love you. Thank you. You have been such a beautiful divine sister. I tell you what y'all like when you follow the journey of enlightenment and your Dharma, you really create a soul family. And again, as she said, you need divine sisterhood. And I, I believe that Clara, literally you are like a sister from another past life, I feel. And that's how I knew and how I resonated with you so much and just your beauty, your talents, your gifts. And again, like just such an empowered inspiration um, for myself and many, many other beautiful souls. So again, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, If it is your first time listening, everyone, be sure to tune in next time. Follow the podcast rate, uh, be the phoenix at gmail.com. Feel free to email me if you have any questions. If you'd like to join the Queendom Rebirth, share your light and story as well. And again, follow Clara Moon uh, on her Instagram and I'll have all that information described below. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! In this wonderful Queendom Rebirth series. Again, thank you so much, Clara Moon, and thank you, divine listeners, and may you rise, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today, be sure to follow and rate the podcast and also share the rise with any divine souls that you feel need that love, guidance, leadership, empowerment, and divine support on their soul journey. And thank you, divine listener, for tuning in, for giving the love and the support. I feel it. I receive it, and that is why I continue to show up for you and the collective. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, be sure to follow Be The Phoenix on Instagram, www.bethephoenix.com for all upcoming events, retreats, interviews, and so much more. And dear Phoenix, remember, may you rise.